Welcome back to Sci-Fi Cross-Sections, a podcast dedicated to everything science fiction. It's me, your sci-fi boy, Colin Brandon, and joining me today is... Mark. Matt. I am Ben Young. I'm Bill Jarvis. And today we are talking about the new Amazon series... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Tales from the Loop? Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Thank you. Oof. Give me a break. I just got out of fucking work. All right. <laughs> no, it was good. It just was like like such a good flow. And then the, the brain part so early, it was great. Anyways, yes, obviously we are here to talk about Tales from the Loop. But before we get into Tales from the Loop, I want to throw it over to Ben Young for some news. Thank you. All right. We just have a couple pieces of news today. First of all, Variety reports that Halle Berry and Joss Gad will star in Roland Emmerich's bleh, new sci-fi space epic Moonfall. Bleh. The movie centers around a mysterious force knocking the moon from its orbit into a collision course with Earth. Bleh. Barry and will Barry will play a NASA administrator, former astronaut whose previous mission may hold a clue about the impending catastrophe. <laughs> Gad will be a scientific genius who has predicted the oncoming collision. Blech. The movie is planned for a 2021 release. You'll might see it, and it's slated for the production for fall for this fall in Montreal. So are you hyped for that <laughs> one? Interesting. You hyped for that one, Ben? I mean, is anyone ever really hyped for a Roland Emmerich movie? I don't know what that, any of that be- means. Uh, there have been Roland Emmerich movies that have been hyped for and then disappointed. I mean, it's called Moonfall and it's about the moon crashing into the earth. I mean, <laughs> what the fuck do you want? Like, so everyone died. Yeah, well, we're probably going to cover it because it's our journalistic obligation to do so, but no one's going to like it. Like, let's just do it right here. I mean, everyone, right, everyone loves Independence I'll go first. Day. <laughs> Remember that one time? Not because it's like fell. a phenomenal That was wild. Oh, he did The Patriot? I love The Patriot. <laughs> yeah, he did The Patriot. Uh, I'm, I'm going to just that. say it here, bad sci-fi. Well, <laughs> yeah, are we covering it now? That's what we're doing? Bad sci-fi moonfall. He did Stargate. This is what that is. My mind is blown. Eight-legged freaks. Okay, I'm into it. This guy's knocking out of the park for me. Eight-legged freaks freaks was kind of cool. I'll give you that. So anyway, so our next piece freaks. of news. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about how good the movie was. That's that's probably sci-fi. We could talk about eight-legged yeah, freaks sometime, so. right? Yeah. Uh, maybe. Well, uh, maybe we'll just put a pin Colin, in that, huh? Colin pointed out the other day that there is a spot in the future uh, schedule that has Men in Black on it. So is there really? We can replace <laughs> that. You know Did what? I really like put something there? I like I know. said, let's just put a pin in that and we'll come back to it. All right. Uh, now for the real news. Slash Film has an exclusive story that claims that Timothy Oliphant has been cast in... So we know he's been cast in season two of The Mandalorian. Yes, but they claim that he has been cast as Cobb Vanth, a character who has been introduced in the Aftermath book series. He's the self-appointed sheriff of a Tatooine settlement called Freetown, and he wears a mysterious set of Mandalorian armor that may be similar to Boba Fett's. None of this has been confirmed by Disney, but Slash Films seems fairly confident in their source, and we'll find out more if The Mandalorian is released in the fall. That's huge. That's pretty big. It's a pretty big yeah. piece of news that kind of slid under the radar today. I, I've been talking, Colin and I both read the Aftermath series, and that was like one of our big talking points that we had was, that's obviously Boba Fett's armor, right? Because it takes place in Tatooine, 
it's this dude, this, this like lone gun sheriff guy who's like, I'm going to clean up Tatooine. And he gets, he has come, walks in with this Mandalorian armor. It's like, that's obviously, but, but does that mean that Boba Fett's for sure out of the picture or just that he discarded his armor to maybe go incognito or what? Like so, that was a huge talking point. So for us. just to, just to clear this up here, are they literally making a Star Wars version of Justified and they got Timothy <laughs> Oliphant for it? Holy crap, I, so. I didn't even think about it. That's perfect. I, they're swinging for the fences here, and they're hitting home runs here, guys. I would watch that. I would do, and we are going to, because we're suckers. Um, no, because it's good. The Mandalorian is good. I'm not going to be rude. Um, that is all I have for the news, for all of the latest and greatest sci-fi news. Follow us on Facebook.com slash sci-fi cross-sections. And on Twitter at SF Cross Sections. Back to you, Overlord. So we're here to talk about Tales from the Loop. It is the new drama series, science fiction series from Amazon, uh, also produced by uh, twenty Fox Twenty One Television, which that's essentially just Disney's new Fox TV studio. So, um, <clears throat> it is based off of the very popular science fiction art book by Simon Stallenhag of the same name, Tales from the Loop. And uh, <clears throat> it is, fuck, Matt Reeves, that was the executive producer behind it? Yeah. They have a lot of executive producers, actually. I'm not going to name all of them. A lot of, a lot of Amazon shows do. That's how they, get funding. they kind of get like... Yeah, that's how they get kind of these like weird, like kind of out there stories funded is by just pulling in as many executive producers as possible. Okay. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. It was what's the, developed what's the difference by... between a regular producer and an executive producer. Executive producer is the money behind it. The producer tends to be uh, the producer can invest money behind it, but um, they tend to be like the manager between the executive producer and the director. I always thought the executive producer doesn't necessarily have to be the money. Yeah. Oh, well. I mean, it doesn't need to be the money, but they need to bring something to the production right. to make it happen. Right. Hey! Must be the money. So it's usually the money, but like, you know, if it was me and I needed a location and someone was like, make me an executive producer, I'd be like, okay, whatever. I don't give a And that would be that. <clears throat> so, Anyways, it was developed by Nathaniel Halpern, written by Nathaniel Halpern. He wrote all eight episodes, um, starring Rebecca Hall, Jonathan Price, who was phenomenal on this show. Uh, mm -hmm. He played the grandfather. Um, Tyler Bernhard, Daniel Zolgadri. Basically, a lot of people I'm very unfamiliar with, but... Brandanaquits. Brand Danaquits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's the guy from The Office, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Basically, a grown up Tyler. That's not fair. Are... Why? It's a very, it's a very niche just... joke, okay? His. He... His character. I think he's in this saying because he looks. He, I think he's saying because oh, okay. he looks like Tyler. That's fair. I'll take that. Yes, that's what I'm saying. He looks like Tyler. He's a handsome dude. I thought you were saying his character was. I was like, no, uh, you know, okay. <laughs> no, yeah, no, not, not really his character, but he looks. Not like even. Him. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, we could go into it later, but I'm just going to name the directors real quick. Uh, Mark Ramanek, So Young Kim, uh, Dear Blow Walsh, Andrew Stanton, Tim Milantz, Charlie McDowell. Um, for those who don't know, Charlie McDowell is the son of the other McDowell. Malcolm McDowell? Malcolm McDowell. And the uh, his mother is Ted Danson's wife. Who is what? the mother from? That's weird. Uh, uh, ben, what's the show you love? Zoe's Zoe's extraordinary yep. playlist. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he's <laughs> dating Phil Collins' daughter. Anyways, I just I looked all up about Charlie McDowell. He's fantastic. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's totally. amazing. Yep. that's a huge connected like yeah. web of people. Uh, Hollywood man. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, T West, and then the final episode is directed by Jodie Foster. I did see that, and that caught me off guard. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, mm-hmm. uh, there's actually not too much for me to talk about the behind the scenes on this one. Uh, it just it got made, and it did very well. It's uh, marked fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. We all know how much Ben loves Rotten Tomatoes. I didn't say that. No, we know you hate it. Anyways. <clears throat> I didn't say that either. Well, Iron before... Man 3, that's where I know her from. Yes. I've been trying to rack my brain. Yeah, I looked that up uh, when I started watching the show, too. That's where I recognized her from, Rebecca Hall. Anyways, Ben, what is this show about? In the 80s, a massive research laboratory called The Loop is built underneath the small town of Mercer, Ohio. Their goal, to prove the impossible is possible. Almost everyone in town is destined to work here, but no matter what, Everyone's lives are changed one way or another by the experiments that happen below them. That's it. It's like, it's tough to synopsize the show. No, it is. Um, I think that summed it up well. Yeah. Thank you. It's more of almost like an anthology than anything. So yeah. It does well, have some cohesion, but not a ton. Right. I can see where you're coming from with it being an anthology show, but. Um, the way it ended, it, it all just tied together nicely. Um, kind of. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of the ending in the 80s, I was kind of surprised that they they went to such a length, I feel like, to avoid timestamping the show. They did the, the classic, like, oh, it's vintage, but feels modern in a way. Like, you could it could be anywhere in that range. And then they were just like, oh, here's the... Uh, slip from this book that dates the show exactly. And it was like they waited this whole show and avoided that until the last episode, and they're just gonna like boop throw it in right there. I mean, maybe it's my familiarity with the with the concept and and the story, but I I it seemed pretty heavily eighties from the beginning. In fact, it seemed it was I I was thrown off at the beginning because I was like, this doesn't look eighties at all. And then it sort of suddenly did look 80s. So immediately in the first episode, I was like, there's some time travel shit going on because I was like, doesn't look 80s at the beginning, looks 80s afterwards. And uh, and sure enough, I called that because I'm intelligent. And <laughs> big brain. <laughs> I got a big, big brain for a big boy. And but not uh, so big anymore. Right. But yeah, I I. I disagree with that i think that it's it's dated and and it's 
it, you know, sometimes you don't need to be like today is March 8th, 1985. Like you could just like you could date a show with its setting, with its costuming, with its, you know, everything about it. Like it wasn't shot like, you know, like Stranger Things likes to take things and like shoot it like an 80s film. And so it wasn't shot in the same way. But it, I still think it had a lot of the 80s air about it that like I, I at least was like, OK, well, at least my, the, the rest of the show is set where it should be set. The second I saw that robot walk into the forest, I'm like, boom. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, once again, I'm, I'm familiar with the cut with the context <laughs> of the of the series. So I also think we should take into account that this is an alternate reality. And it's kind of 80s, but they didn't have to go, they didn't have to lean fully into it, which is fine. They didn't have to make it like Stranger Things, which is the 80s. This is, it's kind of 80s. There were moments where it felt more like the 70s than the 80s. Yeah, I was getting more of like a late 70s vibe, personally. It, which could explain the like, if like with all this technology coming through, they didn't have like the 80s tech that would influence some of the styles and all. I don't know. <laughs> Are you guys hearing Riker? Yep. Oh boy. I'm sorry. Harry. He wants to he wants to be a sci-fi boy. He's just kinda wandering around yelling. It's alright, who cares? I don't know. But I I feel like they didn't go full tilt into I mean they they kind of leaned on certain themes in the different episodes, depending on what time they were in. But I also feel like they very purposefully dipped around a little bit in like design theming and unless they needed to make a point of like this is the future from this point or this is earlier in time than this point i feel like they purposefully left it vague and like jumped around a little bit especially with the technology it was very it was very much like in the 60s what people were designing future tech to be in a way that that even though a lot of the clothing and the aesthetic were kind of 80s it felt it kept pulling me back just with the design of like the technology, except for the computer. I mean, like Colin said, it's alternate eighties. Like, I mean, I, I it, like I get what you're saying in some aspects, but like also like to expect like everything to be like uh like like leg warmers and and spandex. Yeah. So it, like that's not what the eighties was like. The eighty like the eighties still had fashion trends well, that carried no, over from the seventies. That's what the eighties was like, but Stranger Things is eighties pop culture. This is not. And I actually yeah, I, I, I like I like what normal. you said. A lot of things feel like it carried over from the seventies, which is yeah. It's the truth. That's how it happened. I mean it's the same way in that like Things carried over to the mid, early mid two thousands from the nineties. Things carried over into the twenty tens. Like, like Ricky Martin. To, Ricky Martin didn't go away until like two thousand five, and then he came back for like a year and then left again. It just is what it is. Well, one does want money, but okay. <clears throat> so I kind of wanted to just jump into. I don't want to say my overall opinion, but kind of like what I thought they were going for here is. This was all about emotion. It was about things that people, for me, this is like just various things in life that people feel and just like kind of how to cope with it. Sure. Yeah. If all of those <laughs> things was, are bummers. Like I, I just, well, no, it's like <laughs> there were two whole episodes just about loneliness. That was it. Sure. Not wanting I, to be alone. 
there was an entire episode was, about fear of death or at least about like yeah. existentialism the impending doom and like making sure your eyes are dotted your t's are crossed kind of thing like it was my favorite episode definitely not what i was expecting way. out of the series but it was it was kind of welcome i feel like it was a up and down on a on a rail of welcomeness the sadness was i was like okay i see what they're doing here and i i like that they're using i kind of enjoy that to an extent a lot of sci-fi is like the movie the whole movie is propped up on the sci-fi whereas this was just a story with sci-fi in it and each thing was enhanced by the sci-fi but the story was a good story in itself i do like that but i there are certain points where i'm like Man, I didn't come here to be sad. <laughs> I kind of want some more sci-fi and a little less sad. And there, it like it kept ebbing and flowing for me as I went through the series. <laughs> yeah, like Echo Sphere's level of sadness is is what I loved. I loved Echo Sphere. I think Echo Sphere is the best that this series put out. And I think if the series would have stopped at Echo Sphere, it would have been a fantastic series. It would have been top of the line perfection of sci-fi and then from there it just kind of went downhill it was just kind of one bummer after another fucking bummer and well, no, the, here's the thing episode five was not a it ended happy it was a happy ending to a degree well i'm sorry i'm pulling up the episode list i watched this last week so i'm a little well, so like fuzzy episode five me, is oh. with the robot that uh Mimics the guy's body, the dad, and is trying to uh, protect Danny's his family. family. Yeah. I mean, but, like, barely a happy ending. Like, he still comes... He Like, it's a story about accepting the death of his son, which, by the way, my most hated storyline. Like, what a fucking awful slog of, like, zero payoff. Yeah. It was... Look, like, here's the thing to me, like, and I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm jaded because I played the, I, I played the tabletop game and I kind of ran it the way I ran it and like, whatever, like, maybe this is just me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be full straight up, but like, where's, where's the hope? Where's the fun? Where's the intrigue? It was just, it, you know, it wasn't fun to watch at a certain point it was just depressing like like i said echosphere is a wonderful kind of sad where it's about accepting death and growing old that's a beautiful but, kind of sadness to experience but ben i think the point that at least the way i interpret it the point they were trying to make is that They said it multiple times, like it's it's not always perfect. Life, but life, I, life can suck sometimes, and like for a lot of these people, it just sucks. I mean, the the thesis of the of the series seems to be, according to the final scene of the of the of the series, mm -hmm. and I believe the series. I don't think there's going to be a second season. Um, there, there's. It seems to be the the thesis is to hold on to your childhood while you can. Because it's gone in a second. Like, mm. that's the thing. It's it's a story. And and that's kind of what Stalinhog's art's about. Yeah, absolutely, Mark. And that's that's what Stalinhog's art's about. That's what the role-playing game's about. It's about the importance of childhood and and living your life. And I feel like that's the most... 
that's the biggest piece of the theme that they like tried to like throw in at the end that they failed to grasp. There is no childhood. There is no hope. They kill two children, teenagers, who have no they they don't kill one of them. But I I I hated I hated every second of the Danny and Jacob storyline. I hated every fucking second of it. It's such a fucking miserable situation to sit through. And then they tease you at the end with Jacob coming back and the robot. And they're like, oh, you know, there's a chance to be saved and to set things right. And then <laughs> they, they, killed the robot. they kill him. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, why? Like They waited four episodes to do it. <laughs> why? Why did I need to see this? I'm, I'm what totally did you need to say? Because like I, I personally Thank loved the uh, their story arc in episode two, just because it was like teenagers being selfish and stupid and not realizing the consequences. So like that is more what it felt to me, and I was like, oh, okay, well at least everyone's living with it. And then they brought the robot back and then killed him in a really weird way. It's like, what? Why was there a robot fight? We forgot to kill place. him off. Let's do something. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and like, furthermore, he makes it out of the robot fight fine, and then is suddenly hurt after it later. It's like, but that's well, like they, life. He shows, though, he shows the piece falling off right after. Yeah, 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 yeah. The one piece that makes his entire body collapse. Yeah, yeah okay. It was. It was kind of a dumb way. He could have just been trapped in the forest. And he or... also didn't like. He was having a hard time stepping over the log, so he just kept trying instead of walking around. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, to top it all off, to make to be like, here, here's this fucking bummer ride that we've put you on. They make it so that this fucking stream that the kid crosses transports him through time. I didn't get that. A I didn't, stream? I really didn't get that. What? The fuck are you talking about? I, the fuck? Did, like, I did like, not this, explain anything there, and I was just like, "Hang on, okay. this series has been this series has been it was so careful in how mm -hmm. like Mark said, Mark said it, it does a great job at like incorporating sci-fi in small bits to tell human stories, which is wonderful sci-fi, and then all of a sudden." At the end of this, here's this linchpin plot point of a stream crossing a stream that cr makes you cross 20 fucking years through time and makes you lose your entire life and lose your father and lose your friends. What the fuck was that? Fuck that. I'm sorry. I I, I was like, I'm going to be quiet through this because like this is okay. a bummer show and I don't want to talk about it. I didn't realize I was holding these feelings. I didn't realize I was holding on to this. I'm sorry. That's really all I got to say. I'm, I, I don't have anything else to say for the rest of this. It did feel like a very cheap gag at the end, just as like a last, a twist of the knife. Or maybe it was a whole purpose to get to the um, the Mark II teacher. I don't, Which I'm also not sure. felt really fucking weird. I mean, that was kind of stupid. That was, that was also, to what you were saying, Ben, as like a... Um, catchphrase of the series almost that he hands in the book the nameless book that they avoided you know picking a title for and she said what do you think and he said it was sad and she said also beautiful i i feel like they were trying to be like that's what the whole series was right guys it was sad but but beautiful right 
You were Mostly. sad the whole time, but it was pretty, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. It's like, it's like, yeah, like, like episode one, sure. Episode two, totally. Episode three, yeah. Episode four, absolutely fantastic. Five, yeah, this wasn't bad. Six, eh, I didn't really care about it. Seven, seven was cool. I liked the whole enemies storyline. That last episode was just trash. Yeah, I was really disappointed with the way that they ended the series. Well, my, my, yeah. like one through seven i was like okay this is oh all right like there's there's things here but then that just ended i was out like, of well i, I feel like fun. i feel like they did the entire series and then they added in episode five and episode six like they made like this seamless timeline and then they had you know um what was it uh they had the one where the dad is trying to protect his family and then the guy uh finds his lover in a parallel universe like those two episodes, it felt like those were just yeah. kind of added in, and everything else was kind of a seamless story. And um, and yeah, so I don't know. It, that kind of like I feel like the momentum was lost there, in a way, by adding those two episodes. You just kind of like, oh, by the way, there's this background story, and then boom, back to it. Kind of, kind of is weird pacing because if you really think about it logically, you know. You know, it's basically one story arc with two episodes added in the middle. So like, so like, I don't know, because you're chugging along on episode four and you're like, oh, this is great. And then episode five is just like, boom, OK, different story, like five and then six are just kind of like bottle episodes thrown in there. And then you're like, OK, back to the main thing on seven and eight. And I feel I feel like or, you know, even episode three, right, where the they stop time. I was going to say stasis was a little bit out of place, too. Yeah. I don't know. I I feel like they at the beginning they made a point to say that they were stories connected out of sheer relation to right. what comes out of right. the loop. But to, by, like right. they're so like they've they're they're all disconnected just because those are a little more removed from the normal world that we're living in, like the town, small town. I feel like they're still very connected. I mean that guy in two different universes stumbles upon the same Man, well, I feel the, like the well, I feel guard. like okay, story wise. So story wise, to go from you know episode one through episode eight, and to look at episode three, five, and six, and to think to yourself like, okay, if if things were, I feel like my gripe is that if things were equivalently connected to each other, so let's say all of these stories were all kind of their own bottle episode, maybe I'd be cool with that. Maybe it'd be like a time a uh, time. Uh, sorry. Twilight Zone or like a Black Mirror kind of thing. Okay, cool. Cool. They are all connected by the loop. But the fact that episode one, two, four, seven, and eight are all kind of one seamless story, and then we have these bottles added in the middle, it kind of ruins the momentum for me. I feel like maybe maybe if I watched one, two, seven, eight, or one, two, four, seven, eight, I would feel differently about the series, maybe. I'm not sure. I don't know. I do I do agree. They they made a point in the beginning to branch storylines connected by like one or two characters maybe would like leech into another area of the town and then leech into another area of the town. And then the way that they rounded the series out by coming back to the same family, I feel like gave them precedence over the theme of like, oh, these are random people in the town connected by the science. Like they kind of, they kind of built that up. And then just took it away by being like, people like fam familiarity 
and we'll just like build the story back into the family that you've known. Yeah, we'll give you like four episodes of just crushing this family's hope. Well, I think, little I, by think little. I think it's a symptom. <laughs> I think it's a symptom of like we were saying, like so many executive producers and a lot of hands involved. I feel like a symptom of that is uh, episodes three, five, and six were kind of like. I have this cool idea, you know, like I have this cool idea that I want to throw in here, but maybe did, did he, did Daniel, Nathaniel, I don't know. Did, I mean, I don't know. We like, we, we don't, I don't know the behind the scenes on this one. Did he write everything beforehand? I don't know, but you know, it feels like it says, it, it also says on IMDb that Simon Stallenhog was involved. Uh, I don't know if that's just a yeah. basis or I don't know. I guess what. the point I was trying to make uh, is that like, it just feels it just feels kind of slapped in there. Like, I, I don't know if they would have, if they would have tied those stories more in depth as one, two, four, seven, and eight are, um, then three, five, six, would maybe feel more relevant if those were more intimately connected. Um, maybe you can make a story, make, maybe you can make a case for Danny being involved, but also Danny's family doesn't really get involved with the main drama of the primary family, you know? Um, so I don't know. Yeah, at most you could at most I feel like you could connect episode five by saying that it's the fallout from the transpose episode. Episode two. Like his like Danny's well, yeah, Danny's family dealing with the consequences. Yeah, of I guess you could say that, episode. but I mean I, I, I just I, I guess my, my main still point is just tenuous. pacing of the story. I think it's like if if you're like crafting a story oh, and you know you have this great momentum going into episode five and then it just kind of hits a wall. That's, that's how I felt about it. That's, that's the feeling I got. Like I felt like after episode five, it was just kind of a slog. That's just, I don't know. So I want to interject cause I get what you're saying, Bill, but also I feel like while these episodes one, two, four, seven, eight, had like a connection being that they were part of this family. I do think that each episode had its own story and that it was bottled enough to stand on its own. Like I could show someone any one of those episodes and they'd be like, wow, that was a really good episode. That's and fair. wouldn't be like, I don't know what's going on. Like they'd be like, you know, they, they would understand it. So it was, it was anthology, but in a different way, it was a very fun way to experiment with the anthology with, uh, saying like, yeah, we want to tell like these separate stories, but we want to utilize similar characters throughout. And I thought, I think that's, I, I thought it, that part of it was at least very well done. Oh, okay. So, so I'm, I'm going to disagree part with you I had a problem with. So, <laughs> I, so, well, I don't know. I, I don't entirely agree, but I don't entirely disagree as well. I feel like they, with the way they specifically set up the series to be these different character stories tied together by the loop, they lean too much on one family. But I also think that it was interesting the way that the stories were all... I mean, I agree with Ben, like, even though it's the same family, like, each of those episodes, I feel like, is about a different member of the family. So it still is, like, a closed group, but they are, like, their own entities, you know? So I, I like agree to an extent, but I also think that it was still an interesting way to write the series. But they, I feel like the way they set it up, they could have leaned into the theme more of like more people who were very 
sparingly. Yeah, I also I also agree that I think it's a really cool, I mean, spin to take on the um, on what people would expect. You know, like because my 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 thought process going into it was like it was like a Twilight Zone. You know, was that like each episode was its own thing in the same setting. And, you know, it's a different spin on it. It's a different, you know, we have this one giant arc and, uh, bottle, you know, episodes. Each, you know, episode is its own thing as well. So, I mean, I think that's a that's a good take to have on it. So, yeah. And I don't know. This is my my complaint. You guys will probably all disagree with me, but I kind of wish they showed more of the loop. Like what goes on down there instead of it being just a giant mystery. And I'm okay with it being a mystery, but just virtually nothing feel, was offered of it. I was about to say we get into the science because I'm I'm pissed about that too. We can get into the I'm science really now. First off, I kind of just assumed it was going to be a giant uh, particle accelerator. Because <laughs> that's what it is. That, like, that's what it well, is. That's a giant particle this accelerator. Then what the fuck is the giant... Ball. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I didn't fucking do it. Is that, is that, well, Simon, is that an element Simon that they designed? Stonehog didn't do it. Is that an they element they created they out of the particle accelerator? And then they, I don't. I, I, In the first episode, the they loop? say it's the heart of it, right? So I feel like I, you could assume it's the like energy source of everything they do. That was kind of my assumption. No, it's it's clearly based on like what happens, like what um what uh fuck. I forget her name. Sorry. It's like what Loretta experiences. She sees this piece of rock floating through space. They they clearly are trying to say it's extraterrestrial, but that doesn't matter because it doesn't. It shouldn't exist. What I've always loved about the loop is it's it's simply a question of what if we discovered uh, what if we were able to create what if we were able to create particle accelerators earlier like. It's it's very it's very much kind of rooted in a little bit of fantasy. It's not like all based in science, but it was like a cool thing. The entire the loop, the cir- the loop is a circle that surrounds the entire city and it's that circle is a particle accelerator th- that uh you know, accelerates particles. And <laughs> when it and does smash it, them when together they power and it, see what happens. They, it, it's an energy source. Number one, they, they I think they create fusion with it, um, according to the backstory of this series originally. Um, number two, so since they create fusion with it, they can create like the robots. They can create like the floating tractors and and all that kind of stuff. And then the weird stuff comes when this particle accelerator does like what people would always warn, like. Oh, the the particle accelerator is gonna do is like it would like open portals to different areas. It would it, it would have these kind of random effects on the world around it that people didn't understand. In like like for example, in the role playing game, which Simon Stallenhog also worked on. So like I'm not saying like this isn't something that he licensed out and then people like went wild with it. No, he was involved in this. Like, in the role-playing game, it would open portals through time to, like, prehistoric eras, and, like, there would be dinosaurs roaming around the area. So, like, it's just kind of, like, a story of, like, wild adventure caused by this piece of science. And 
it's funny because that alone, as we know, as people who have who have been on this podcast and have dissected science pretty heavily on a lot of stuff, maybe even unforgivingly so on some things, <laughs> uh, you, the idea of a particle accelerator doing any of that is stupid. But this this eclipse thing was even dumber. Like, holy fuck. That's all. So That's I'm not going to participate in this episode. <laughs> no, no, no. I, no, I was, what, you disagree? I was saying, like Ben said earlier, I'm not going to participate in this episode. <laughs> no, it's okay. I love it. Sorry, I'll shut up. No, I love it. No, no but you're right. You're right. Talking. It's a fantasy element. <laughs> it's a fantasy plot device that says, this is why the setting makes sense. Now go wild. But, um, you know, you don't see specific experiments or anything like that. All you see is, you know, right. concrete. That's why I wish so, they showed us more of what happened underground in the loop, you know. You know, Colin, I do, you're I, right. I also think that would be an interesting grounds for story development. But I kind of like the fact that they established this mystery element. Of like you have no idea what happens down here, and we're never going to talk about it. And you're just going to see the effects of it, like yes. showing up wildly throughout this town. That's also a good point. Yeah, yeah, and and that's why I keep going back to it's <laughs> like you said the the main thesis is about uh, childhood and holding on to it, but. It's basically just about people's lives. It's not about the loop. It's about what the loop does to people that live around it. So, um, and I I think it's not even about what the loop does to people. I think the loop represents a crucible of sorts for this town. I think it uh, it puts the citizens and these families through an incredible harsh, uh, uh, incredibly harsh tests to see who they become on the other side. And I don't think it the show achieves at doing what it thinks it should do. I think that at the end of the day, I think Jacob should have come out of it on the other side okay. I think he should have come out learning something. I think his death was cheap. You know what it is? It, you're right. It is about putting them through a crucible. The loop exposes all of these people's insecurities brings them to light and forces mm. them to deal with it. That is what is happening here. There we go. Um, that's a good point. I, I'm trying, I think in every single way, that's what happens with Loretta. She has to face the fact that she didn't want to be a mother, but then she confronts it and goes, but I am a mother. I love my children's. I'm going to be there for them. You know, I said, children's deal with it. Um, I mean, even even the father had to deal with it in the second to last episode. That was the one, right? With the island. Mm -hmm. yeah. He he had to deal with this part of his past that he kind of just suppressed and buried because he was told to. Once his father died, he was able to confront it and he moved on, you know. And Which obviously you can see, you know, in a way, I feel like that was a. There was a correlation there between his relationship with his parents mostly his father but i you could see his distance with both of his Colin. parents colin 
Yes. Holy shit. <laughs> you did it. What? Like like that. Oh, I'm sorry. I maybe that's something that I should have known before I watched the series, but that just clicked. One well, No, no, that I figured that out throughout the discussion. Save it. <laughs> yeah, well, Ben, you are right. It, it still could have been oh, executed sure. a lot better, but, but, but it's a cool I thing to think about. Realizing that, though, cool, makes it cool better. Thought. I mean, it's a very, very cool thought because you were like insecurity about motherhood, insecurity about who I am as a person and, you know, insecurity about love and living and insecurity about death and insecurity about control and, and uh, taking care of your family, insecurity about having a soulmate, insecurity, everything. It's and then, and then at the very end, it's insecurity about how things change and how things, you know, how time changes everything. Oh my God, that's that's so good. As long as you, you take the fucking stream out, throw something more acceptable in there, and boom, there we go. We got a good series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was the part of the development that I feel like they lost there. Like, they, they could have made it be... A snapshot in time or something like oh he came back to his time and realized like that he should appreciate what he has while he has it yeah but it was just oh now he's an adult blink and we moved on <laughs> that's, that's it, it. <laughs> yeah and they just dropped it zero forgiveness some of the i think that's the thing some of the sadness served a purpose for sure and some of it was sure. just some of it felt like it was just sadness to to make you sad yeah some of it felt unsatisfying in a way that wasn't even like oh this really like stood there to make me realize something and reflect on myself it was just like oh i'm just sad now and i don't feel like i got anything out of it what did i call it the other day mark this isn't just science fiction it's <laughs> satisfiction i'm just sad <laughs> and i don't like watching shit and feeling sad at least not mm. continuously i want to feel happy too the show did not do it enough. Yeah, it's it's the same thing, and this is a little off topic, but, like, I, I often talk about, like, how um, the movie... I, I talk about the movie Joker, and um, how it's a very technically well-done film. It's very technically well-written. It's very technically well-acted. It's very technically produced. But it's not enjoyable mm. in any way. Actually, there isn't a single moment I enjoyed watching it. And that's not entirely true with Tales from the Loop. There are moments of it that I enjoy. But it's, it's definitely true with the last episode. I didn't enjoy the last episode one for one second. You know, you can write sadness. You can write grief. You can write... Um, I, I, what's the word? Good. Huh? You were going to say something. Well, I, just, I have a quote that's basically going to say what you want to say. It's from a, uh, a reviewer. Um, the reviewer uh, writing for Slash Film, uh, Hawaii Tran Bui, thinks the show explores universal elements of grief, aging, parenthood, loneliness, and love, but also that it often toes the line between beguiling and boring. Beguiling. It's beguiling. Beguiling. Whatever. I. <laughs> we all know that it's I. Okay. Uh, uh, ever since I took fucking Spanish in college, I read all of. <laughs> I, I read all of the uh, the vowels, and it's uh, it's a problem I got to fix. <laughs> you won't get that out of your head, boy. Nope. Um. No, but you're I, right, I, I, and he's right. I feel like they maybe mistook um, spaciousness 
in the scenery for boring. I would never say that I was bored. I was very compelled throughout the entire series. Doesn't mean I was that... bored for most of really? Parallel. For most of Parallel, the, the episode with the security guard. Really? That was a very boring episode. Mark, I like let me one. just say that for most of the series, I was also doing homework, and there were certain parts where it was real easy to do homework. Hmm. I yeah, I was, I, was on my... I just sat there the whole time and watched like a human being. I was... Well, I, I do for most things, but I couldn't help but pick up my phone during the whole Parallel episode. It was very... You know, nothing really ever happened, and by the end of it, it just kind of ended exactly as I thought it would. But I probably also wasn't the target audience for well, that, so well, it, for that episode, it literally, so it, it is what it, it is. literally, I don't know, writes itself out of the story. <laughs> like, like... <laughs> it does! Like, it has like, nothing like... <laughs> to do with anything. Yeah. And, like, even, at, even as a standalone story, the payoff isn't that great. So what, he's gonna live in the this alternate universe for the rest of his life like what are the complications to that what about the so we understand that if a multiverse exists every universe operates on a different frequency so what does that mean for his existence like is he going to be able to stay there for a long term like we aren't asking these questions well, that need to be asked but then he found it's love just, that's what matters i don't fucking care so <laughs> do you, it's like the least important so thing. do you think that episode would have ended better if he had somehow made it home at the end and then met that guy yeah i'm 100 because i it agree been a much better I, I sat there the, I, for the I whole agree. diner scene i was just like this would have been 10 times better if he made it home right and that then would be so this. much better so i agree mm -hmm. but yeah okay yeah i thought it was pretty fucking dumb that wasn't what he was <laughs> occupied with though like i think those are interesting questions for sure but that was not what his story was about, what he was occupied with. Like, so how would they have told that compellingly through his story? I'm sorry, can you can you expand on that? I just, I'm not, I'm not sure I understand. Well, Ben was saying, he was posing all these questions they could have taken and dove into, but that was not at all what he was concerned with. That was not what his story was about. As, as Colin kind of pointed out, all of these are aspects of humanity that we have to take a long hard look at and these episodes kind of make us do that and the sci-fi is just like a interesting way to push these stories forward or to get right. them going I, I think guess. i think i think our point was that you know you, you most of the stories end with an impression or uh or i guess uh what am i saying uh it ends with an effect on the community you know like that this story takes place in not just that an effect on the person i get okay he doesn't exist anymore. Literally, I I don't care about him because he doesn't exist anymore. You know what I'm saying? He is he is from gone that, forever. from that universe, right? I agree. They could have rounded this the episode off better to make it feed back into the series more. I just meant I don't think that interjecting those questions about the multiverse would have been I, I get, a positive outcome on the I episode. Get, I get what you're saying, Mark, and it's it's probably because, like I said, I'm not the target audience for this episode. I, it baffles me that someone would be that obsessed with with finding love over finding their way home. Um, it baffles me that someone would be like, I'm in an alternate universe. Oh, my God. It's this man that I've been jerking it to for the past year. I'm going to go see if I can do him and then steal him. 
Like, I just thought the whole thing was stupid. I was like, no, you should be trying to find a way home because you are not in the universe that you belong in. There are so many implications for your existence that are against the laws of physics. Ben, I have, you need I am to sorry. leave. I just need to make one and point. And <laughs> I was like, I think, okay, so I think to be fair, the, um, I believe that the character, oh my God, I don't even know his name. <laughs> Well, I believe um, Gaddis, um, Gaddis, I don't, I don't know, um, Gaddis, 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 that, Gaddis, uh, yeah. Gaddis didn't feel at home in his own universe, and then he goes to this place where he feels at home. I believe that that is probably a point that is made through the characterization. Too bad you don't belong. They, they even, uh, when he's having dinner with Loretta and George, and George says, you know, I... I'm sure it's hard. There aren't even many people here for you or candidates or whatever he says. He says something super. They make it literally right. as awkward as possible. Of a comment. yeah, I love that. But like that, they left it kind of vague in a way that you could insert whatever you thought he was talking about there. And then they were like, "Oh, it's even different than you thought. He's going to go to another parallel universe to find someone that he connects with." Yeah, like I said, I guess I'm just not the target audience. <laughs> okay. I think that's dumb as fuck. I, I'm not. I'm not even gonna mince words. Like I think that's the. I I really do think it's super stupid. Like if I end up in a parallel universe and I find the perfect person for my life, and I'm like, oh my god, I love you. It's like, no, you know what? <laughs> I love you, but here's the most important thing. I'm from another universe, and I, this isn't right. I gotta go I'm home. This isn't okay. You know what? I bet you exist in that other universe. Listen, so I'm going to go I'll figure that like, one out. Listen, See ya. I'm going to have a really hard time collecting social security when I retire here. <laughs> <laughs> what can he do? He can't do shit. He can't get a job. How is he going to get a job? He's going to. So he's so. So let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. He's now in this parallel universe. He's going to he's going to date Kent. All right. So he's dating Kent now. Kent's like, hey, like we need money. Like I, I ph photograph birds, whatever. But like we can't both photograph birds. So like, what are you going to do? And he's like, well, I guess I'll go get a job. He goes to get a job. They're like, OK, hey, here's this. Uh, here's this tax form we need you to fill out. Uh, go ahead and fill out your social security number on here, your name and your address, etc. He fills it out. Okay, they fill it out. It comes back flagged. Oh shit! Someone with that social security <laughs> right. number is already on file. Now Gaddis is arrested for for identity theft. You now good, he's going to point, jail. Though. No one, no one in the existence of anything works without being directly connected into the governmental system. Do they? I don't know. You know, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm yeah, sorry. I, I, I'll stop talking. Honestly, I don't have a lot more to say about this this series. <laughs> so yeah. let's stop talking. So that's the perfect point to God, go Mark into... left. Mark Mark got so mad at this? me. He left. Mark's actually grabbing a beer. He's coming back for round two. <laughs> um no, this is the All right. Mm -hmm. So love in other universes. So <laughs> So No, you're supposed to say Okay, so homoerotic love in another universe. Stick with me. It gets better. I don't I don't mince words. Love is love, man. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. The last time I said that uh <laughs> 
Oh man, this guy kept hitting on me at this wedding. I had to get my cousin's at the time fiance, no, cousin's husband to play interference ah, nice. so I could run away. <laughs> oh, so I don't say love is love anymore because it gets you in trouble. Um, I'm just kidding. Anyways, <laughs> uh, so we're gonna go into uh, good sci-fi, bad sci-fi at this point. Are we doing it? We're doing it, and I'm gonna start. I'm going to start. I'm going to lay down the gauntlet, as it were. Matt's Matt's been quiet, though. Does Matt have anything else to say? No, you guys have been hitting pretty much every topic I would have brought up. Fair enough. Let's do it. All right. I think this was good sci-fi. On the verge of pretty damn good sci-fi. Just for the sheer fact of... It explored what it means to be human. There are so many different things that they look at. Uh, I guess it's the various trials that the average person has to go through in their life. But they introduce this sci-fi element to, you know, bring that forward, to exacerbate the situation, to expose it in a way. Um, And I thought it was wonderful. Very good sci-fi. Um, I think it could have been told a little bit better. I think they were trying to rest in between just being a pure anthology series and trying to tell this, you know, basically making it a, what's, what's the term for a mini, a mini series that is not anthology. It's just a story continuing. I don't know. Um, oh, uh, I, those, those are the two words you use. Boom. So I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So. Mini series and anthology. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, it was good sci fi, but it could have been executed a little bit better. But then again, I'm not a professional, so who am I to say? Mark, you're next, man. All right. Um, <clears throat> I, w- I would say good sci fi and good series, even though at certain points it was kind of a depressing trudge to get through it. I was always enthralled in what the stories they were trying to get across. It they were really hard to deal with sometimes, and and there were like I said, there were points that it felt like they were sad just for the sake of being sad, and maybe maybe trying to add some depth to it through the sadness. I still think they were they were good stories, compelling stories. Um, and the fact that the stories weren't they didn't rely on the sci-fi to be interesting. They were interesting stories that were enhanced by sci-fi or kind of like set up through sci-fi. I did like that, but I think that overall <clears throat> they didn't they didn't commit to the formula of being kind of sparsely connected. They did they did a they did a bit of breaking the story up with other people in other stories, but then they just kept relying on the family to be the backbone of it, which I think um, they didn't commit to either side of the line there. So I think, I think it could have been better, but I still, I still would call it fantastic. I'd, I'd give it like a seven out of 10 and I would recommend it for sure to other people. All right. I would say good sci-fi definitely has every element that I think a good sci-fi should, you know, uh, speaking to human themes, using a backdrop of science fiction not just throwing out junk science, but they kept everything vague enough to 
<laughs> they didn't like let you know what anything was made out of really so it allowed that bit of disbelief in my mind uh and i had a very love-hate relationship with how much they lingered on things i it was refreshing the fact that they forced you to like watch the extra little bit of sadness instead of just cutting away or an awkward interaction which just didn't like progress the story necessarily but helped you really feel in that moment but uh it also then meant that every time i ended an episode i would just sit there for like 10 minutes because i just watched all the sadness and I really didn't need to absorb that all. <laughs> but uh, all together, I would say uh, good sci-fi. I like the series. All right. Yeah, uh, it's good sci-fi. That's for sure. Um, you know, it checks the boxes. It uses mostly science. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's very good or pretty great. I'd say it's good. Um, it, it stumbles in a lot of areas in the same way that devs does, in my opinion, where it's like, great, great, great. And then by the end of it, it just falls flat on its face. Uh, it's kind of a miserable slog. I don't think I would ever recommend it to anyone, to tell you the truth. Uh, I think if I did recommend it to people, I would put a disclaimer on it where it's like, yeah, it's like it's interesting. It's fun to it's it's interesting to watch, but it's not fun, and you're gonna be wildly depressed by the end of it. And make your decision based on that. Uh, I would highly recommend you find someone to run it and play the Tales from the Loop tabletop game because you can make it whatever you want. You can make it fun and hopeful and about childhood and about being kids while it lasts and fighting giant birds and dinosaurs and robots and mad scientists. That's what it could be about. And it could be a much better experience for you and it could still be great sci-fi. So that's where I'm um, that's, that's funny that you said that because um, that's actually almost exactly how I described uh, the platform to people was i see i that it was that I it was, that it was really really fun uh afterwards but during the movie <laughs> it was it was really tough to get through there were certain parts that i considered walking away uh because it was so difficult to watch um that i recommend that you be in the right mindset when you watch it yeah for sure well i i don't think there is a right mindset for uh for tales is what i'm saying like Platform, I agree with. You, you need to like be ready for it. You need to be be in your headspace. Tales from the Loop. I don't think there is a, a headspace for. It. I think it's just sad, and I don't think there's ever a a point where it's like I want to be sad, you know. Unless you're, you're stupid like me and I'm watching fucking BoJack Horseman. <laughs> no, no. Honestly, Bill, before you uh, you do your your bit and close us off. Um, First off, Ben, I, I'm surprised that you did not actually um, talk more about the uh, the tabletop game. I expected. I tried not to because it's, I tried to keep them separate as best as I can. I respect that. I, I do. I, I honestly thought you would talk a little bit more about it, but uh, uh, fuck, what was I about to say? 
Damn it. Lost my train of thought. You were just going to continue uh. telling Ben how he was wrong. No. I'm never wrong. Wasn't going to do that at all. I'm pretty sure that's what you were doing. Go on. No, actually, I don't think we agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, okay. So, I w actually, I would recommend someone watch this show. Like you say, they have to be in the right mindset, but um, it's never wrong to ask questions, and I think this show does, well, fuck. Let me pull back. Bill, oh, what are you going to say? Okay, so, um, <laughs> so I thought it was, I thought it was Asking good sci-fi. Um, I thought it was okay drama. I kind of, I mean, I like drama. I like, I like to feel things, but, um, but yeah, I thought it was just okay in terms of drama. I feel like the story was okay in terms of drama, but, uh, what, what are you, what are you whitting about? What are you whitting about? Sorry, in case you can't see on this. Where's your Bill Jarvis? Oh yeah, no, no, no. I mean, it made me, it definitely made me ask questions. Definitely made me ask questions about human life. I mean, for sure. Like everything about it was pretty much mortality. I mean, it made you think about that. Yeah, like, why am um, I so sad? Why, why am I so what? sad? <laughs> Mark's just said, "Why am I oh, so yeah, sad?" Oh yeah, why am That's I so question. sad? Um, but yeah, no, I thought that was, I thought that was good. What I really want to talk about is the tabletop game because it's completely irrelevant to this podcast. But I thought it was really fun in my version of the tabletop <laughs> game where we created a um, a vehicle out of a lawnmower, I think it was, and uh, and then we basically created a Stranger Things kind of game rather than a Tales from the Loop Sad Fest. So I don't know. Uh, definitely, definitely try that out. But uh, yeah, no, I'd say I'd say the series is worth watching for sure. I think that it's better than a lot of schlop, but like I feel like it's 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 you know it's a good series. It's good to experience, and if you're if you're looking for something that'll be like is science science fi the sci-fi esque, it's good. It's not Stranger Things. It's not Twilight Zone. It's just its own thing, and I think it's worth watching and feeling. So there we go. Man, I can't wait for next season of Stranger Things. It's going to be so fucking good. It's going to be so hopeful and exciting and different and happy and sci-fi really, and exciting. And <laughs> I actually really want to restart. What year does it take place? Sorry. Is it... What year is it? Is it 1986? That uh, the next season uh, takes place? I believe... Yeah, I believe it's it's the rumor is Christmas 1986. It's gonna be a Christmas I, I season. I really want to restart that series. Right. That's that that sounds like fun right now. That sounds really fun right Honestly, now. Honestly, same. So yeah, I, it's good. <laughs> not that we're gonna talk about it, but season mm -hmm. one was my favorite. Oh yeah, thus far, it was so pure. We'll talk about it. Right. We'll tell you what <laughs> we think about it. Anyways, all right. <laughs> so that is all we have for you tonight, guys. Um, Take it for what you will. Um, a lot of mixed reviews on this series. Uh, I still recommend if you if you haven't watched it and you listen to this. First off, what the fuck? But um, thank you. Go and watch it. If you've already watched it and you listen to this and you're like, ah, I disagree. Let us know why you disagree. Uh, reach out on Facebook. Reach out on Twitter. Tell us why. Uh, ben, what can people do on Sundays? If you're into fantasy things like Dungeons and Dragons, as in Dungeons and Dragons, uh, you can watch us play uh, every Sunday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time 
at twitch.tv slash once underscore upon underscore a underscore tavern. That's once upon a tavern underscores between the words. Uh, I can't promise, but I think I can say that they're going to fight an Avalith next Sunday. Thanks for the fucking spoiler, <laughs> asshole. Now I gotta fucking sweat it out for the next. I mean, you guys had to have seen that coming. I, I don't see anything. I don't coming. know. Yep. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Mike could talk us out of I don't it. Have, so you're fine. I don't have dark vision or low light vision, so I don't <laughs> see anything coming. <laughs> they um, will. They will. Uh, they will encounter an Avalith next Sunday. And furthermore, Bill, if people want to, I don't know. Like they listen to this episode or the previous episodes once a week, and they go, oh, this was great. Or, oh, that was okay. Fuck, I want to listen to something else, and I don't want to wait a week. Where can they go to listen to something else? Oh, if you want to look at, listen to something else, there's a thing, uh, bit.ly forward slash sci-fi Patreon. It is our Patreon that we've started. Um, we have some tiers that you can subscribe to, but, I mean, biggest point is we just need the support. We need the to just to be totally honest. We need your financial support to keep this thing going. Um, you know, for you know, technical support for software things like that. Um, and uh, I just want to give a big shout out to our uh, patron patrons. So far, we just launched this thing, and and Tyler Mills and Seth Strell have uh, have joined us and are supporting us. And also, if you go up. Uh, a tier you are able to get some bonus content which is um some cool stuff like uh futurism about technology in the future and then also it's things like bonus episodes so go to uh bit.ly forward slash sci-fi patreon to show some support thank you all right folks there you have it i hope you enjoyed this recording <laughs> of sci-fi cross sections uh next week we are doing sunshine if i'm not mistaken yeah i think so the spotless mind which nope, definitely not. Um, I've I've been waiting to do uh, this movie since we started this podcast. I love this movie, and I hope these guys who haven't seen the movie enjoy it. We'll find out. Until next time. <laughs>